Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. Tonight, I'm speaking on the subject, How to Rebuild the Ancient Ruins. It is the secret I want to share with you. So that you will not be overwhelmed when you see all that the, uh, uh, the, the ruins in our nation and everything that corruption has destroyed either to. Whether it's our education, our healthcare delivery system, our economy, even family life. Because if you begin to focus on them on, like Abacoc, you become so discouraged that even if God wants to do a new thing and is telling you, you will not hear. How to rebuild ancient ruins. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 25, I'm not going to read every verse and every, I mean, the things I say, just write them down so that you can take diligent note and, and pay attention to them and study. In Genesis chapter 1, 1 to 25, God demonstrated how to rebuild ancient ruins by commanding light to shine out of darkness and by bringing order out of chaos. Give me Genesis 1, 1 to 3. Genesis 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We are, the Spirit of God does not move, God does not speak. Then God said, what? Let there be light. And there was light. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number six. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. At that time when God began to give the order, let there be light. Let there be a firmament that will separate the waters from the waters. Let the waters gather together and be called sea. And let the earth come from from out of it. And he began to spread vegetation into place, fish into place. He hung the stars the moon just by speaking the word. Commanded the waters to produce fish abundantly. God was showing 
how to rebuild the ancient ruins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was a perfect earth. The rebellion of Lucifer created chaotic disorder on planet earth. And the earth became void without form and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So darkness thought had taken over the planet. But he underestimated the move of the spirit. The Holy Spirit began to move upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. The light was not imposed from this, from where God was speaking into the earth. He commanded the light to shine from, from that darkness. And darkness could not comprehend what happened. He thought he had taken over completely. I want to remind you that Nehemiah did not go to Judah or to Jerusalem with imported brick. It was from the ancient rubble that he built the walls of Jerusalem. And from that which looked absolutely decadent and decayed, we are going to see a new Nigeria emerge. Can I hear a good amen? amen? When God spoke all those things into existence... There was light, the sun, the moon, the galaxies of stars, abundance of fish in the sea, vegetation, all that man will ever need. The earth was still in its rudimentary stage. There were no cities. There were no skyscrapers. There were no airplanes. There were no trains and there were no superhighways. That would be the responsibility of God's regent. The earth was in its rudimentary state, but in Genesis 1.26, God now passed the baton to man. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, this is the first time he will say, let us. From Genesis 1, 1 to 25, or you read in your Bibles, God said, God did, God said, God did, God said. But when he got to the creation of man, said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. If something is exact image or likeness, it means there are certain attributes that were in God that will be imparted into this creation. Is that clear? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Go on. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. How did he bless them? By speaking to them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Give me chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, 
Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. If you read that in King James Version, it says more than host. Give me Genesis 2, 1 in the King James Version of the Bible. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Let's read further. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. This is where I'm coming. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Go on. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth. When they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Why? Because there was not a man to till the ground. That is, heaven held certain things back. Because God had not found the person that would do it. And then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the earth and he released the man he had created into the body he formed and man became a living soul. And the Lord God took the man he formed, he brought him into the garden that he planted and gave him responsibility to translate it, the earth from its rudimentary stage to its transformed stage. Are you following me? Somebody say secret. However, in no man, in no time, man committed high treason against God and was driven from pleasure to pain and from glory into shame. Eventually, God destroyed the entire planet by means of the flood, a deluge of rain. But one man, and by extension, his family found grace in the sight of the Lord. What's the name of the man? I can't hear you. Thereafter, the rebuilding process began again. Do you understand? Because it had been flooded. Everything destroyed. The rebuilding process began again. But the first to rebuild are the likes of Nimrod. The mighty hunter who possibly spearheaded the building of the Tower of Babel. If you look at Genesis chapter 10, 1 to 12, you will see him there. He became a mighty hunter before the Lord. And then they began to detail out the cities that this man built. And when you get to Genesis 11, he started the first skyscraper. And God confused their language and scattered them all over the earth. In essence... We can say the history of the world has been full of nations rising and nations falling, empires rising and empires failing. Prophet Jeremiah captured the building and the rebuilding of ancient ruins. It was not there. It was Moses that got the revelation in Genesis 1 and all the creation process that took place, God revealed that to Moses who wrote the book of Genesis. But Jeremiah was far away from Moses. The day came when he captured 
how God does the rebuilding of ancient ruins. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 19. Jeremiah 4, 19. Oh, my soul, my soul, I'm pained in my heart. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because you have heard, oh, my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried. For the whole land is plundered. Suddenly my tents are plundered and my curtains in a moment. How long will I see the standard and hear the sound of the prophet, of the trumpet? For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge i beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens they had no light i beheld the mountains and indeed they trembled and all the hills moved back and forth i beheld and indeed there was no man and all the birds of the heavens had fled so this is not what happened in Genesis because there were no birds in Genesis until God called them forth. Let's read further. I beheld and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. So if destruction came after destruction, you knew there was destruction when Satan rebelled. You also know that there was destruction when man rebelled. You also know how the flood came and destroyed everything. And how the cities were built from the days of Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And how destruction upon destruction had come upon the planet. Once upon a time, it was the Roman Empire. Then it became the British Empire, where the sun would never set. When we were in, in Scotland, and someone said to us there, he said, you know why God would not allow the sun to set over British Empire at a time? He said, we didn't know. He said, because he could not trust the British in the dark. Our nation will not be the first to go through decay and decadence. And if all you do when we gather like this is to lament and not receive revelation how to fix it, then we have wasted our time. When I get to the Nitrogatory tonight, you will know that every fasting and praying period that does not result or produce the rebuilding of ancient ruins is hunger strike. God's pattern for rebuilding ancient ruins. Are you ready? True and genuine nation builders can only succeed in their assignment by following God's example. How did Solomon build the temple? Somebody gave him the pattern. Who gave him the pattern? David, his father. How are we going to rebuild nation after nation by following God's pattern? 
How did God rebuild from ancient ruins? In Genesis 1, 1 to 3 beginning, he spoke the word. Now come with me to Genesis, Isaiah 51. Let's follow God's pattern and see how God does it so that we just, we do not need to reinvent the wheel. We just follow God. Are you following me? Let me give you a practical example. You remember a man called Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. What happened to him in Mark chapter 5, his daughter was sick unto death. He was a ruler of the synagogue, but he was a ruler without power. And he knew who had the power. So he humbled himself and went to Jesus and said, Master, come with me so that my daughter will not die. As the master followed him, another woman who needed an urgent miracle pulled the hem of his garment. Jesus stood still and said, somebody touched me. Peter and the rest of them said, how can you say somebody touch you when people are thronging you? And I think he said to them, this touch is different. Why is it different? Everybody's asking God to touch them, but this woman is touching God. It's different. And power flowed. And she was made whole. You know the rest of the story. By the time they got to the house of Jairus, what did they say to Jairus? Don't bother the master. She's dead. Let's arrange for funeral. And what did the master say? Don't listen to them. Only believe. And she followed him, right? And they entered the place. What did Jesus do? They hired mourners. He pushed them out. And then turned to the corpse of that girl and said what? Talita Kumi. Daughter, arise. And he restored the child back to the father and said, go feed. I don't know what happened to those who were mocking when he pushed them out. But when Peter, years after, got to the house of Dockers, and people were weeping and showing the garment that Dockers had made for them, what did Peter do? He moved them out. Where did he learn that from? He followed Jesus to the house of Jairus. So when you follow God, you get the results of God. I'm not sure you are hearing me. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. The earth is not yours. The last time I read my Bible. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He has a pattern. He has a prototype. He knows how to fix ancient ruins. How did he fix the first disorder? He spoke. So Isaiah 51, let's follow the Lord and let's lay hold of the secret. Your life is about to change. Your environment is about to change. These cities will change because of you in the mighty name of Jesus. Isaiah 51 beginning from verse 1. Listen to me, you will follow after righteousness. You will seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you are hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you are dog. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord will comfort what? Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden. So Eden existed before, not so. Oh no, your response is too poor. God created Eden. 
And now he says, I'm about to empower people who will turn waste and waste lands into Eden. Let's keep on reading. For the Lord will come for Zion. It will comfort how many places? All our waste places. It will make a wilderness like Eden and a desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found where? In those waste places that now look like Eden. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Listen to me, my people, and give it to me, oh, my nation. For law will proceed from me, and I will make my justice rest as a light on the peoples. Are you following me? My righteousness is where? Near. My salvation has gone forth. My arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait upon me, and on my arm they will trust. What would they trust? I cannot hear you. Oh Lord, I cannot hear you. On my arm, they will trust. On my arm, they will trust. When I get to where we are going, I hope you not go home drunk. Completely drunk and, and, and saying, what just happened to me? To the extent that your neighbors will not recognize you. Because your environment will change. Your word will carry authority. Your word will not fall to the ground. To those, let me read further. Let me see. Keep on. Okay, the last verse that we read. My righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth. My arms rejoice the peoples. My coastlands will wait upon, the coastlands will wait upon me. And on my arm, they will trust. Read on. Lift up your eyes to where? To the heavens. And look on the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like a smoke. The earth will grow old like a garment. And those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will not be abolished. There's a coded message in there that even when you see the heavens vanishing and the earth decaying like a, a, a garment that is old, as long as you are saved and established in my righteousness, you can recreate. Amen. That's too heavy for you. Can I reread that verse and show you how to do it? Let's read it again. Lift up your eyes to where? And look on the earth where? Beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like smoke. The earth will grow old like a garment. And those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will not be abolished. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. What is it that exalts the nation? I can hear you. Righteousness exalts a nation. So it's only the saved and the righteous that God will give and commit the word of rebuilding or to rebuild. It is only those he will commit it to them when everything is scattering, everything is 
being ruined, everything is lying waste. He will raise the people saved, redeemed, righteous, and he will put his word in his mouth and say, you see that which has vanished? Recreate. You see that which is decay? Recreate. What do you mean, God? Isaiah 51, verses 15 and 16. Isaiah 51, verses 15 and 16. But I am the Lord your God who divided the sea whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I've put what? I can't hear you. Where? I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. I want to lay, I want to purge the heavens. I want to lay the foundations of the earth. I will do it, but I'm putting the words in your mouth that when you speak it, I carry it out. Are you following me? I'm teaching you divine secrets. The reason you cannot get me to talk negative about Nigeria is what you are seeing. Do you understand me? I can't join you in this nation. Is it that? No. Nigeria will flourish again. Nigeria will flourish again. Nigeria will flourish again. Nigeria will flourish again. God will heal our land. Restore us again. Nigeria will flourish again. God will heal our land. Restore us again. Nigeria will flourish again. Hear me loud and clear. Any fast that does not culminate in the rebuilding process of people and nation is hunger strike. Isaiah 58 verse 1 to 12. Isaiah 58 verse 1 to 12. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression, the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily, and they lie to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness, and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls, and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. So your fasting is not rebuilding you. You are not a changed person. You are just religious faster. You are just fasting. There is no change in your life. Let's read further. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate. And to strike with the feast of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day. To make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? And to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? And an acceptable day to the Lord. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To lose the bond of wickedness. To undo the heaven burdens. To let the oppressed grow free. And that you break every yoke. 
Is it not to share your bread with hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him? And not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Are you commanding any light to shine? Your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. What's going to happen in that situation? Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. Satisfy your soul in drought. Strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. When you are rebuilt that way, when, when you fast, you, you take the accepted or acceptable fast to God, he's chosen fast. When he affects your character, how you relate with the, those who lack, how you relate with the poor, how you relate with justice, how you relate with society, is a damn. I've gotten prototypes. I've gotten those I will use. I will go before you. I'll be your rear guard. You call and answer. I'll say, here I am, waiting for the word that will come out of your mouth so that I can go into action. And verse number 12. Those from among you. Hello. Those who have gone through this process I've been going through in six days, you do not know that God is getting you ready to position you accurately. Those who are damaging are about to be swept up so that those who can rebuild can come. He's going to take away the old in order to establish the new. Those from among you shall build the old waste places you shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of sweet streets to dwell in i really don't get this if you fast and it does not result into rebuilding people and rebuilding cities and nation it's hunger strike if your life does not improve if your the way you operate, the way you talk, the way you carry. If there is no change, you have just gone through six days of hunger strike. You have wasted your time. It's an exercise in futility. It must produce change in you that is clearly evident to all. It must produce progress in you that is clearly evident to all. And God will now be positioning you so that you speak and he carries it out. Isaiah 59. Is that the word which I put in your mouth? Go to that place in Isaiah 59. I think it's the last two verses or so before Isaiah 61. Is that the Lord will come from Zion? As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. What is that covenant? My spirit who is upon you, my words which I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord from this time and forevermore. Now, guess what? What covered the earth in Genesis 1? 
What covered the earth? It was darkness. darkness. What did God speak forth? Light. So in the midst of darkness, he's raising a people. His spirit is upon them and he's putting his word in their mouth. And he said, if that word does not depart from your mouth, look at useless things you say with your mouth. If that word does not depart from your mouth, ask my children, there's nothing that you do, no matter how terrible, that I will begin to beat and batter you, but you tell me a lie. Let a lie proceed out of your mouth, then I'm ready to jump on you and tear you in pieces. Because I know a foul spirit is about to set in motion a process of decay. A defilement. Let's take the spirit dimension. Isaiah 61. The spirit that is upon you. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to do what? I can't hear you. The Lord has anointed me to do what? What do you use to preach? Huh? What would you use to preach good tidings to the poor? We need to batter your mouth tonight and rebuild it and reconstruct it. That you will guard it jealously that no defiling thing will proceed out of your mouth. That you'll be conscious of whatever you say and when you say the things you say. You know why? Because you can create different atmosphere by the words of your mouth. Let's read on. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn where? In Zion. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Who are these people? The poor that he had preached into is now giving them what? Beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for money, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called, oh Lord help me, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. I say God is about to plant you in a strategic place. Somebody is going to drop your name somewhere. They will beckon unto you because you have what it takes. Is there any man in this land in whom the spirit of God is like this man called Joseph in that you could interpret these dreams and give us a blueprint. You are the man for the job. Here is my signet. That's the place we are entering. Oh, you're not getting it. That's the season we are in. In the mighty name of Jesus. That they may be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Every time you do something. Wow. Give glory to God. Give glory to God. What will be the responsibility of these people? The trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Next verse. And they shall rebuild. Whose responsibility is it to rebuild the old ruins? 
the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, those who have been impacted by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. You can read it and read it and read it and just be reading it until you it, it grieves you that this is my responsibility, this is my calling, this is my assi- assignment. Nigeria is the way it is because I'm about to be revealed. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. So when Jesus entered the synagogue in Nazareth. And read that portion of scripture. Is that this day, today, this word is fulfilled in your hearing. Do I have oaks of righteousness in the house? Do I have the planting of the Lord in the house? That he may be glorified? The question now is, how will nations be rebuilt? Will nations be rebuilt by mere words? And sloganeering of political pundits who promise change before they get into power and change the promise once they get in there. No, sir. No, ma. How will the nation be rebuilt? I need your maximum attention. This is where the divine secrets will begin to flow. You have seen that we can only follow God to get God's results. As you preach the word, it will confirm his word with signs and wonders following. So how are we going to rebuild this monstrosity called Niger? When this nation was born, it was given the name Nigeria. His people now call it Niger. Because it's not what it used to be. So how are we going to rebuild Niger? Somebody say, Niger no be my country. Mm-mm. Niger not your country. Niger no be my country. You and I know that Jesus already paid the price for the sin of mankind. And he won the victory for us and gave us the great commission. You want to be among those who rebuild? You think I'm about to preach, you must be born again? Yes, you must be, but that's not where I'm going. Matthew 28, beginning from verse 16. Matthew 28 from verse 16. He had already obtained the victory. We are not going to obtain the victory afresh. His right hand and his holy hand has given him the victory. But he has now made us more than conquerors. He's passed a baton to us to fix the planet, to fix this earth, to fix nation after nation after nation after nation. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience unto the faith among how many people? All nations. Matthew 28, 16. Pay attention. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain with Jesus had appointed. <laughs> you know, sometimes you think these things are just accidents of writing. If you are not in your power slot, you can't change society. Do you know your appointed mountain? 
Because it's upon that mountain that you can leverage all the grace and the, and the giftings of God to bring change to society. Let's read further. Then the eleven, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, what? Oh, somebody open your mouth. All authority has been given me where? All authority where? All authority where? Has been what? Given to me. Go on. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Critical issues. Number one, they were all at the appointed mountain appointed for them. Do you know your appointed mountain? Number two, all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. So he's saying, go therefore to your appointed mountain and leverage on that to make disciples of all the nations. You're not getting me. You have to be on your mountain to make a difference. Do you know your mountain? I sat with the president for one hour and I said to him, opposition parties had made tempting offers to me but I'm not tempted. A different party, I can tell you the name, had even given me their ticket to be their presidential candidate. And I said to them, that's fine, provided you allow my wife to be the running mate. So that we turn into a family business. I'm not kidding. I don't joke. You think it's a joke. I said, that is there. But I said, I will not run against you. I'll do everything within my power to support you. But guess what? You're not doing a good job. And I'm going to do a live broadcast on Sunday to expose the hidden things and to show the way to do it. And I'm going to start a political family in preparation that when number 15 is no more, number 16 can take over. I am telling you what I said to him in secret. I said, we then have to agree whether we want to work together or I work separately but that I will not fix this nation, forget it. This is my destiny. To this end was I born, for this purpose came I into the world. I do not attack my friends. I won't say, I won't come here and tell you what I did not say. And he said to me, there's something about our destinies. As I can tell you when they met first and kissed each other. So Mr. President, it was 1984. My appointment had just been terminated. It was two months to my wedding. This is the first time I would tell him this story. I had 300 naira left in my savings account, and I was paid 1,420. But I didn't know where to go 
I didn't learn carpentry. I jumped out of the, the class of carpentry. I couldn't practice law because I'd been fired. And I couldn't start my own because there was legal, I mean, private practice decree. And I said, but the Holy Spirit said to me, start your chambers on October 1. I thought the Holy Spirit missed the point because I'll be going to jail. I was not five years old at the bar. On October 1, Mr. President, you came on national television and said, fellow countrymen and women, private practice decree abolished. He said, only God, I'm telling you, only God could have done that. And he said, he has been doing it, but you know, I campaigned with you. I felt you were mighty. I was a little fly on the back of an elephant. And when an elephant was walking over the bridge, the bridge shook. And, and the fly said, we shook. He said, no, you earned my inviting you to join me. I will not tell you the rest. But this country will be fixed. Very shortly. And open your ears tomorrow. Because you hear word. You run with it everywhere. I'm starting a political family, not a political party. Are you going to be part of that family? It's family of those who know the appointed mountain. Who will be strategically positioned by God. Who when they hear the trumpet from any side of the world, they will run towards it. Because Nigeria is... Toriko Sibo Mira Tia Lilo Ajule da Bile Ejeka Suwapo Kafimo Shokon Be Whenever God brings you to your appointed mountain, He gives you authority to speak to it. Oh, you're not getting me. I have a few more minutes before we go into communion. You understand? When God gives you your appointed mountain, He gives you authority to speak to that mountain so that your impact can be felt in that mountain. You don't know how many people are waiting for what will He say tomorrow. PDP is waiting. APC is waiting. Someone said to me, He said, Are you not afraid? I said, Fear not. I am with you. Oh, gosh. Okay. Let me leave all that. When God gives you an appointed mountain, he also put his word into your mouth to affect and to impact that mountain and it becomes the place where you leverage your calling to bring about change in society. Ezekiel 36. Somebody say appointed mountain. Ezekiel 36. And you son of man, Prophesy to the mountains of Israel. What do you say to the mountains of Israel? Do, what do you do to the mountains of Israel? What do you do to Central Bank and the economy of the nation? Prophesy. What do you do to the education mountain? Prophesy. What do you do to the mountain of religion? Prophesy. What do you do to the mountain of media? Prophesy. What do you do to the mountain of government and politics? Prophesy. Oh, he said, is that all we have to do? Just wait. Prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, oh, mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Isn't this madness for a man to leave his house? And stand before mountain. Are you sick? 
Is there a deeper hidden word in this? You may not believe this, but you can go to Abelkut and ask those who were there. It was a crusade in 1992. Was it 92? Because there was first one in 89, and then I went back in 92. I think it was the first one. And I stood in front of Ake Palace. And I told them how sacrifice, human sacrifices were made every year when I was a little boy. They would say, when they're looking for who to kill for that sacrifice, they would say, If your goat is missing, look for it. If your sheep is missing, look for it. But if your son is moving, is missing in three days, don't look for it. So all parents will begin to check where their children will go and you must return home on time and everything. But they will get some foolish person to sacrifice. And I stood in front of that Ake Palace and pointed towards the rock. I said, the last time you got a sacrifice was before I came here. From this day forward... You will receive no more sacrifice. The very tree before which they will perform that sacrifice after I left the city caught fire and burned down to the roots. And we went to that location and built a place of worship until they renovated that when people have climbed, they can come there to worship. And they came to God said, the tree you cursed has burned down. I'm going to prophesy to my mountain tonight. You will prophesy to your mountain. Look, there are those who just went and there are those who are sent. I'm not trying to pave my way into anything. I know the part God has mapped out for me to walk in to fix this nation. Thus says the Lord God, because the enemy has said of you, aha, the ancient heights have become a possession. We are holding the mountains down. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God, because they made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations, and you are taken up by the lips of talkers and slandered by the people. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys, the desolate ways, and the cities that have been forsaken. Oh man, wait a minute. Which one are we prophesying to? Go back to that verse again. Verse 3. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the... And whatever happens at the mountain will affect the hill, will affect the rivers, will affect the valleys, will affect the desolate ways, and will affect the cities that have been forsaken, which became plunder and mockery to the rest of the nations all around. If you can get the strategic mountains and reshape them, it will affect every strata of society completely. Let's read further. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy against the rest of the nations and against all of them who gave my land to themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy and spiteful minds in order to plunder its open country. Therefore prophesy concerning the land of Israel and say to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, and the valleys, thus says the Lord God, behold, I've spoken in my jealousy and my fury. Is he repeating himself like a broken record? <laughs> because you have borne the shame of the nations.
Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I've raised my hand in an oath, that surely the nations that are around you shall bear their own shame. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel. For the owners of the mountain are about to come. I said the owners of the mountain are about to show up. Do you know your mountain? Stand to your feet and prophesy to your mountains tonight. I've not finished. I want you to begin to prophesy. I know my mountain. <laughs> I prophesy to the mountain of government in this nation. I prophesy to the mountain of politics in this nation. The hour has come that we are taking you over for the benefit of mankind, for the benefit of every Nigerian, so that no family will go to bed hungry in this nation. You are going to shoot forth in the name of Jesus. And once we capture this mountain, it's going to affect the hill. He's going to affect the rivers. He's going to affect the valleys. You are going to shoot forth. Because the owner of the mountains are about to come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Please be seated. Please note that whenever you speak from your power slot, the whole earth responds to the word of power. Committed to your heart and your mouth. Uh, many, many, many times in the past, every, every message is preceded by, I thank you, Father, for the word of power you have committed to my heart and my mouth for my generation. For you, it was just a, a routine prayer. For me, I was communicating in the spirit. Because when you are in your power slot, the word you speak does not fall to the ground. The word you speak will pierce the darkness and the atmosphere and bring about change. Deuteronomy 32. Listen to Moses. This is Moses speaking. The word you speak from your power slot will affect the whole earth. The whole earth. Without exception. How much more a small fraction called Nigeria. Deuteronomy 32 verse 1 to 4. Give here, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. I mean, there was no, no CNN, no cable TV, no smartphones. This man said, I'm in my power slot. And I'm speaking, oh heavens, you must hear. Oh earth, you must respond. That was where Joshua got it from. He was fighting the battle of the Lord. And he needed extension of time and light. Sun, stand still. Moon, stand in the valley till I finish this battle. Do you understand this? Deuteronomy 32, let me read. Let me keep on reading. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, as rain drops on the tender herb and as showers on the grass. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright easy so if those nature enter into you 
you will not back a wrong horse. You will look for what is just. You will look for what is fair. You will look for what is righteous. And you will not have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. Not everybody will like you. But your word will affect the atmosphere. It will affect the earth. It will affect the heavens. It will drop like rain. Whenever we go out and people say, thank you for the moment of truth. You don't know that we run home. We put on generator. People have never met everywhere we've gone. They say, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> You're just watching. You don't know it costs money. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really don't say that. If you know how much you spend on television, you, 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 what, is it worth it? When, when fire will catch fire, look, after the presidential, vice presidential debate in 2011, Nasir Rufai got a phone call the following day. It was Chief Dende Fernandez that called him and said, that guy that spoke yesterday, is that the man preaching moment of truth? He said, yes. Is he the running mate of God? He said, yes. He said, get me his account. Nasir called me. I called GMB. I said, this man said I should produce account. I want to know. He said, oh, he's a good man. He's always supported our cause. And he wired a hundred million naira to me the following day. Do you understand? 100 million. I didn't ask for it. I never met him. We never met. He wired 100 million. Then I called the president to thank him. And the president thanked me. And the man took the phone and called me back. Who asked you to tell anybody what type of politician are you? I've given them their own. That's your own. I like what you are doing. If men like you are in power, Nigeria will be better. He didn't do it for what he would get. I will not mention Oba, but I respect him. He said, look, if you are going in, I'm willing to give everything I have. And he gave me 375,000 US dollars. If you have to look for money to do politics, you are not in your power slot. If you have to go and sell everything and become broken after, you are not in your power slot. When you get to your power slot, resources will flow east, west, north. They will be calling you to drop it because they know the true change is here. <laughs> Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. The word you speak from your power slot will affect everywhere. Samuel 3 verse 19. First Samuel 3 verse 19. So Samuel grew. The Lord will increase your stature. And the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Your word will not fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Watch this. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh. How? By the word of the Lord. The highest manifestation of God is that of his word. And the word of Samuel came to his family. The word of Samuel 
came to all Israel. Do I have all the time to show you this? Jeremiah 22, 29. Jeremiah 22, 29. Listen. Ready? Read. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear the word of the Lord. That looks like my mother in the dead of the night. She will read a book on the 28th of October. She came 3 a.m. to me in 1971. Woke me up in the morning. Babagba, mama. Babagba, mama. Babagba, yeah, baba. Etime leloni. Why did he, did he have to repeat three times? Oh, us! Oh, us! Oh, us! Hear the word of the Lord. If the word of the Lord is heard by the earth, Nigeria is a small fraction. Uh, do you understand me? I say Nigeria will hear the word of the Lord. Nigeria will respond to the word of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, hmm. What is the challenge that we face? Why are things not working? Jesus obtained a victory for us, but he's not here on earth to enforce it. He has entrusted that to us, his body. Is the head. Heads don't do well if their bodies do not stay connected to them. And bodies only succeed when they are connected and obedient to the head. I told you that from the beginning, not so. For us to engage in bringing his kingdom on earth, transforming cities, transforming nations, the head of the church, Jesus himself, must have communion directly with each individual part of the body so that the body can do its part and function properly. Furthermore, this is the problem. Body parts cannot function well without each other. Digestive organs don't have much worth without coordinating the activities with the hands that put the food into the mouth. Even if digestive organs are powerful and they want to go to work, but there is no hand to put the food in the mouth, can the digestive organs function properly? This is our challenge. We all have our pockets of conferences here and there, and everybody desires the same thing, but the dots are not connecting, but they are about to connect. In the name of Jesus Christ. Feet don't have much purpose without eyes and ears to help them know where to run. So without the body, Christ the head has no vehicle to put into action. His thoughts, to put his concepts into action, his ideologies, his insights, his precepts, his philosophies and his strategies. He prophetically speaks these things into the atmosphere of the church. Looking for those who will listen and put his action into operation. Someone may ask, how? How do we put all these things that will come from heaven when we are in the place of prayer? When we are fasting like this? When we are 
eager to hear what God has to say. And then he declares his word like he would do tomorrow. Like he has done all this week long. We have spent six days like prototype of the six days of creation. We are about to enter into rest on the seventh day. We will not fast in vain. We will not pray in vain. But when those principles, philosophies, concepts, strategies are revealed from heaven, how do we put them into operation? Isaiah chapter 6. I shared with you Isaiah yesterday, didn't I? In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And I told you yesterday, pray for every Uzziah in your life, for God to kick them out, so that you can see clearly. Do you understand? So that you can hear clearly. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth. I can't hear you. What is full of his glory? Do you know God entered into an oath in the presence of Moses? He said, These people are rebels to disobey me. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. From the day he spoke it, it will not return to him void. But there was no man to bring it into manifestation. No man. As truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. The world has gone forth, will not return to God. If the whole earth will be filled with his glory, Nigeria is just a drop. And they also just a little drop. Until the days of David. And David said, The prayers of David, Psalm 72, the son of Jesse, are ended. Amen and amen. And he lay hold. Of the commanding tenor and tone in the voice of God. When he said, let there be earth. He borrowed that forceful word. He said, let the earth be filled with his glory. The moment one man anchored it, he began. And because no one was implementing it nation after nation, God had to take Isaiah to the backside of the curtain for him to see and done already. The angels testifying, the whole earth is filled with his glory. Okay? Let's read further Isaiah 6. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. This man heard, this man saw, but this man could not effect change, because his mouth 
is the fact I'm a man of unclean lips. Unfortunately, I dwell in the means of those with unclean lips. But my eyes have seen the Lord of hosts. Immediately, he saw his wretchedness. See what follows. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. <laughs> and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin pushed. So where is the sin and iniquity coming from? <laughs> the power of life and death are in the tongue. You will eat the fruits and the proceeds of what you say with your mouth. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Question. Why mouth? Why will God deal with his mouth? Why not any other part of his body? Because the mouth is the centerpiece, the very center of spiritual warfare on the face of the earth. Everything that will bring about change is related to the mouth. With the mouth, you pray. With the mouth, you preach. With the mouth, you prophesy. With the mouth, you testify. With the mouth, you praise God. With the mouth, you worship God. And when the enemy takes over your mouth... Your impact cannot be felt. Acquired, that's why I was angry with you. And that's why there's a disconnect. Because you are misusing your tongues. You are misusing your mouth. You do not know that you have to protect it. May I show you all the prophets? Time will not permit me. Jeremiah said, I am young, I cannot speak. He said, don't say that anymore. And he touched his lips. So I put my word in your mouth. Go and speak it to them. I'm setting you over kingdoms and nations. By the word I put in your mouth, you're going to approach, you're going to pull down, you're going to throw out, you're going to throw out, and you're going to build, and you're going to plant. By the things I put in your mouth. How about Ezekiel? To Ezekiel, I will cause your tongue to cling to your, the roof of your mouth until I want you to speak. David said, Lord, put padlock in my mouth. Read your Bible. He said, put, gadget, put something in my mouth. Only to speak when it is necessary. God said to Ezekiel, when I want you to speak, I will open it. You are careless with your mouth. That must stop. I say it must stop. Yeah. You are very careless with your mouth. It must stop. Can I hear amen? Yeah. I'll give you one or two scriptures and I close. Second Chronicles chapter 18. Listen to how powerful this is. The reason we are not afraid to speak before kings and principalities and powers and presidents and governors is because we know what we carry. You were there when I called Ashwaju. I was in my hotel suite in Abuja, and I called Ashwaju. And I said, Ashwaju, 
And when I called, he didn't pick. I called somebody and they gave him the phone. He called me back. Ah, I said, I assured you I have a song for you. He said, song, pastor. I said, yes. I said, shall I sing it? Yeah, yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, I you to he said, Pastor, I avoided you when you called. I know what, I respect you so much. I know you will change me. That's why I avoided you. <laughs> and now I will see you now. We can talk and I will say my side. I said, okay, we will meet again. <laughs> I'm not, if I have to lie. <laughs> Would I lie about Ashwaju? He said, I respect you so much. When you call, I know what you are coming to say to me. I will not be able to say no. So I fixed our meeting for Tuesday. I said, Yeah, yeah, we oh, yeah, yeah, oh. I see what you say. You thought I was supporting you against me. No. I'm always on the side of the Lord. Whether you like what I'm saying or not, I don't want assured you ever to become God to himself. Because that will self, it will self-destruct. Let's read that scripture and I close. And one more scripture after that. Verse 18, 2 Chronicles 18, 18. Then Micaiah said, therefore... Hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab, king of Israel, to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? God was saying, I want to kill Ahab. But the place of death is Ramoth Gilead so that I can get the dogs. But who is going to persuade him to go? So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. This is in heaven. They were practicing democracy too. <laughs> <laughs> then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? He said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. So the moment a lying spirit is in your mouth, you are destructive. You will lead kings to die. You will prophesy. You will destroy them. Because this is the centerpiece of God's power to affect the nations. And so in Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, stand to your feet. Mark chapter 16, I will take this in the days to come and turn it into sad scripture to teach it deeper. Mark chapter 16, you need to understand how to guard your mouth. And not let any defiling thing proceed out of it. Mark 16, verse number 15. Mark 16, 15. 
And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. On and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will do what? In my name, they will cast out what? Demons. Why would they cast out demons? Because they will speak with new tongues. I want you to ask God, Lord, make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Give me a tongue that the adversary cannot say or resist. Give me a tongue that is filled with your power, not the poison of hate, not the poison of bitterness. Give me a new tongue so that every word that proceeds out of my mouth will be seasoned with salt. It will minister grace to the hearers. Give me a new tongue. I trust you, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, because my mouth is the centerpiece of spiritual warfare on the face of the earth. It's the very center. I use the same mouth to preach, to pray, to prophesy, to testify, to praise God, to worship Him. Let no nine spirits come into my mouth. Let no lying spirit touch my tongue, so that when I speak, the word will pierce every shape of darkness around. We permeate the atmosphere and we now return to you void. I bless you, Lord. I thank you for a new tongue. I thank you for a healing tongue. A healing tongue is a tree of life. I thank you for a wholesome tongue that brings healing like the tree of life to the nations of the earth. I bless you, Father. I bless you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Do you know how important your mouth is and your tongue is? He said, with little hem, the fly aircraft, they drive, the captain drive the ships. That if you are perfect in your word, you are perfect indeed. And you are going to bring perfection to your environment. May the Lord touch your tongue. May he take his coal and touch your leaves. In the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. I pray that the word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye, Bye for, for now. now.